0: Welcome to the Common Round:
1: medical education for medical students by medical students. I'm Hamid
0: and I'm Andy and joining us today is our executive producer Gautam. Today we'll be talking about hemochromatosis, and tell us what hemochromatosis is all about. It's a, you know, it's an important condition to
1: to be aware of. So, from my understanding, hemochromatosis is basically when you've got a very high level of iron that's built up in your body all, uh, over a period of time, and when that level of iron actually starts causing conditions and problems, that becomes an issue, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah.
0: So it's essentially a problem with iron handling, isn't it? Yep. And then that iron handling can lead to, you know long-term consequences. One of the things that I really struggled with when I was learning about hemochromatosis was actually how iron is stored and and like the iron physiology. Can we have a brief chat about that before we move on?
1: I think that's a very good idea to start off with understanding what normally iron is, how normally iron is absorbed and handled in the body first and then we can go on, build up and say where it goes wrong. Essentially, iron is very necessary for our body and is absorbed through specific mechanisms because iron is essential for, let's say, carrying blood oxygen. oxygen in mm. our blood, etc. Yep. and various um,
0: enzymatic pathways as a you know cofactor, etc. So yeah.
1: the body is very good at absorbing it and has mechanisms to absorb it, but it doesn't have mechanisms to get rid of it. Yeah. So that's one key thing to remember. Yeah. Uh, Hamad, can you talk about, let's say, what transferrin does? Yeah. So, so there's
0: a couple of important proteins for us to know about. The yep. first
1: one is transferrin.
0: There's also ferritin. There's hepcidin and there's ferroportin that we'll um, touch upon. Yeah. But in terms of transferrin, it's the primary mechanism by which iron is um, transported around the body once it's absorbed from the GIT track, right? Yep. It's primary role, like I said, is just transport. Hence, transference, tra- Trans- transferring something, right? Transferring. And it's transferring iron in this context. Yep. Can you just remind me what ferritin does, though?
1: So, ferritin, from from what I know, is that it signifies a high level of iron storage in the body. So, when your body stores a lot of iron, your ferritin levels are going to go.
0: Yeah, it's just it's pretty much iron storage. It's a, it's a protein that iron binds to. Primary side of the storage is in the liver, which mm. is important. So, bear that in the, in the back of your mind when we talk about yep. some of the consequences
1: um can you tell me what ferroportin does? Ferroportin essentially it's a channel that I from what I know is located inside the enterocytes or the gut yep. cells. So when iron comes in the body and is being absorbed, it needs to go through ferroportin to get absorbed into the body. Yeah, pretty much. So ferroportin is the port where iron comes into the
0: body. Exactly. I mean that's as simple as it gets really. Like so we'll talk about transferrin, ferritin, which is the storage, ferroportin, which is the movement. Yep. Um but there's a protein that's really vital to all of this discussion right and it's hepcidin isn't it hepcidin tell us about hepcidin hepcidin
1: is from what i know is is it a hormone well it's yeah, you say no it's i think
0: it's it's a it's a
1: protein of okay. something
0: it's 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 something okay let's yeah. let's call it a protein. so hepcidin, it's a regulatory hormone i guess mm-hmm. yeah
1: yeah so with hepcidin what it does is it, it controls the amount of ferroportin that's in the uh that's in the enterocytes that's right. so if you have high levels of hepcidin what that's going to do is inhibit the amount of ferroportins that you have so let's put that into layman's terms high levels of hepcidin means you don't have enough ports for the iron to come in so okay. low levels of iron absorption so it actually
0: regulates absorption of iron yep. right yeah we can't regulate the excretion but we can regulate the absorption which is why hepcidin is really important let's talk about the causes of hemochromatosis i think this is you know everyone wants to know why why we have this condition. So, what is the primary... There are two types,
1: right? What is the primary form of hemochromatosis and what causes it? So, primary hemochromatosis is essentially where there's a genetic defect in the body that causes you to have an abnormal amount of hepcidin. That's right. And so, I'm trying to picture at the moment, is it a high level of hepcidin or is it a low level hepcidin? Well, if you have
0: a high level of hepcidin, right? Yeah. You don't have much ferroportin active. So, you know, you're not absorbing it. This is a condition where you have too, too little hepcidin. Not too little. So there's lots of ferroportin active. So you get yeah. lots of iron being transferred into the blood at the expense of all this iron accumulating in the body without being excreted. So okay. low hepcidin is the primary yep. issue here. And there's yep. a couple of enzymes that regulate the expression of hepcidin that are fundamental to this conversation that we're having. I think you're talking about the HFE gene. Yeah. And, and to put it plainly, HFE just stands for high-FE iron. That's <laughs> how you remember HFE, high-FE iron. Okay. Can you tell us how that that regulates the whole hepcidin side of things.
1: So, the HFE is essentially essential to control the synthesis of hepcidin.
0: Yeah, so it's a receptor that is signaled and its signaling pathway leads to expression of HAMP, which is a gene that codes for hepcidin. Okay. And so, if you have problems with HFE and it becomes inactive, then you're essentially not producing the signals to get hepcidin production. And as a consequence, you have unregulated iron absorption because hepcidin uh, is
1: related to ferroportin. Too much ferroportin are available and then therefore lots of iron gets that's involved. right that's right okay.
0: so the common one that we need to know about is type 1 HFE hemochromatosis that's the one there's there's up to six types of hemochromatosis the one that I think you should commit to memory is type 1 because that's the most common. Now let's talk about the genes that are important that um, quote for HFE and why what the two common dysfunctional genes are that are quoted in the literature. So one starts with is the C um, C28. 2Y, which is where a cysteine is replaced by tyrosine, yep. and it becomes not very functional. It's not very prevalent, but it, it can be present in the population and a low penetrance. So, it's around, but it's not really significantly expressed.
1: Yep. What's the other mutation, Andy? I think you're talking about the H63D mutation. Yeah, that's occurred. the one. So, I think that one is actually more prevalent. But, however, the penetrance, oh, sorry, was it the penetrance that is Yeah, the yeah. phenotypic small? expression of it, yeah, is less, I guess.
0: Um, so, there's are the two, two genes that you need to know about, and they affect HFE. So, just to cover it again, so C282Y. So, C282Y, yeah. That's right. Or uh, the H63D is yeah. the two gene problems that lead to uh, inappropriate functioning of the HFE receptor. Yep. Yeah which can lead to inappropriate expression of hepcidin, yep. leading to lots of ferroportin being active and lots of iron being absorbed. Yep. It's, just, it's that simple. But there's a second
1: secondary cause of hemochromatosis. Can you remind me what that is? So this occurs in people who are fundamentally have a normal level of hepcidin. Yep. Nothing's abnormal in this terms of genetic pathway. But let's just say that if the person has a need of lots of blood transfusions or they're yeah. taking over overloading themselves with lots of iron then when the iron accumulates too much then that can lead to hemochromatosis Yes, yeah,
0: exactly so it's it's a it's actually it's, it's a problem with giving too much iron in in patients we know for therapeutic reasons sometimes for patients that have thalassemia and need regular iron transfusions yep. they're going to have iron build up over time it's you know, it's an unfortunate consequences of tre- treatments that we give. Yeah. But like why is just whole iron situation bad? Why can't we have
1: indefinite stores of iron? What is iron doing that is causing problems? Essentially iron is a metal and then with metals they can catalyze and cause free radical reactions. Free radicals they are very damaging and they can um, cause cell death. So that's one thing that I know. When, what's another yeah. other
0: cause? And I mean uh, just following that idea along is that some of these uh, ions can cause DNA. You know this oxidation can lead to DNA damage oh. and uh, and, and this is an important point to keep in mind. We'll, we'll come back to it. But um, it can cause DNA damage. And you know what happens when you get DNA damage, right? It's cancer. Potentially cancer. Yep. But in, in addition to that, you can get in, in the liver, it can um, cause activation of um, stellate cells. So you're going to get collagen and fibrosis as well so you're starting Ooh. to develop you know the pathways for cirrhosis which we've covered in a in a previous podcast yeah but let's talk specifically about the organs that are affected so let's talk about the liver because that's the primary site of
1: iron storage what happens in the liver so you've got the hemosiderin granules that start to get deposited mm. in in the liver yourself and one of the ways that you can see it with a on a histology slide is using the prussian blue pearl yeah. stain so it turns up so bluish color, I think. think. Yeah, a very yeah. blue color.
0: Um, and like we mentioned, iron is a direct hepatotoxin. It can actually cause you know oxidative oxidative damage and lead to inflammation. Inflammation can lead to scarring. Um, in addition to that, you know, in, in these patients, it can start that whole fibrosis process. So the liver can eventually develop cirrhosis. It's a risk factor for cirrhosis. Actually, I just
1: want to clarify: does it does it or does it not cause inflammation? The
0: Di- iron is a direct um, hepatotoxin, but it actually doesn't cause um, inflammation because it's just such a long, insidious process. Yeah. But it can um, cause, as we mentioned, fibrosis, so you're yep. going to eventually expect to get these
1: micronodular and no- nodular cirrhosis as well. Yeah. So, Hamid, we sh- I think we should move on and just talk about what organs are affected by hemochromatosis. Yeah, sure. S- so, uh, with the iron, the first place and the most important place it goes to is the liver, and I believe the liver is one of them. So, what? tell me what, what actually happens inside.
0: Yeah, so because liver is the primary source of iron storage um, yep. due to the lo- location of ferritin, um, a lot of uh, the toxicity starts affecting the liver first so for example iron as we mentioned is a direct hepatotoxin so it causes damage to hepatocytes and then you know we talked about it it can activate you know um, fibrotic pathways through the um, stellate cells and as a consequence you start over time chronically over many years, you can develop cirrhosis and fibrosis
1: of your of your liver. Yep. But is it true that it can also affect the pancreas and other organs as well? It is true. But sorry, before I go on to go onto the pancreas, I just wanted to point out that the process in the liver is very long, so it's no inflammation. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That's so right. So inflammation free. But yeah, in the pancreas, certainly that's another place where the iron can go, and that will also cause fibrosis. And that can be found in both the acinar cells and the islet cells. So, in other words, the exocrine and the endocrine pancreas
0: are both affected, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. What about the heart? Does the heart escape the effects of iron?
1: No, not really, because the heart also will get the hemosiderin granules deposited inside the myocardial fibers. And what that will make, uh, what that will happen is the heart will get enlarged. And I, I'm imagining that that would also cause some heart problems, such as heart failure. Yeah. Maybe. That's, yeah.
0: I think uh, one of the causes of dilated heart failure failure or cardiomyopathy is in fact iron overload can lead to um,
1: dilated heart failure yeah what about other organs and uh, is anything else affected one of the big organs is actually the skin and so it can cause skin pigmentation and i think it was a sort of grayish color that the, the yeah. skin becomes
0: um, and i think the skin becomes grey because the iron for some reason causes increased uh, melanin production in the skin okay. and so you get this yep. sort of darkish
1: pigmentation of the skin. Yep. Um what about the joints uh are, are they affected? Yeah, so you also get the hemosiderin deposition in the joints that can lead to this thing called a synovitis or like an inflammation of the joints damages the cartilages as well and unfortunately for men as well it can uh, also deposit in the testes and cause some atrophies so yeah sure that's really testicles.
0: interesting i think the reason why you get the testicular atrophy is that it's an, it's an indirect consequence where iron deposits in the pituitary gland Oh, the pituitary yeah, gland? yeah it's, it's very bad. interesting and as a consequence you get reduced um luteinizing and fsh hormones which are important for spermatogenesis. and yeah. as a consequence you have you know shrunken testes shrunken
1: balls unfortunately <laughs> so my apologies guys so it does not get deposited in the testes. It's the pituitary that gets affected and consequently the testicles in males. That's right. Yeah. Um, all right. So,
0: well, if you have a patient with chronic um, hemochromatosis what are some of the clinical signs and
1: symptoms that you might come to expect? We would expect a large liver and actually before I went into the clinical presentation I just wanted to make sure that we all know that it's the mechanisms that gets uh, the mechanisms of iron absorption that are ab- abnormal and it's a buildup of iron but this will happen over a long 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 period yeah, of time. Yeah I think in females you know
0: like uh, because of menstruation they have a degree of protection so it shows up in the late 50s but in males it can be in the late 40s so there is you know it can it's mm. insidious it's there for a long time yeah. for it so we're
1: talking about a presentation in actually let's let us some for a male would be 50s 60s whereas a female would be 60s and 70s yeah or post um, menstru- menstruation yeah post menopause post menopause yes and so yeah so we talk about like a we're talking about a large liver um, they can get diabetes why diabetes because the, the pancreas is damaged uh, you can get arrhythmias because of the heart fibers are damaged, and then you can have a hypogonadism, which we talked about the pituitary. Uh, anything that I might have missed? Yeah. No, I
0: think that that's pretty much it. It's just it's if you understand the organs that we talked about, then you can understand some of the presentations that you might come to expect. Yep. So, Andy, how do you diagnose? hemochromatosis so are there any tests that you can write?
1: there are and it comes back to the very first normal iron proteins that that we look at so one of the main things is the ferritin levels and so ferritin is high in terms of high iron and so in hemochromatosis, where you have high ions, you expect a high level of ferritin levels. Um, and so if somebody has high ferritin levels and without any other usual causes, such as I guess, an acute inflammation, then you would be suspicious and you would look and do some genetic tests. Yeah, that's and right. And if you guys can cast your mind back, try to remember which are the two very most important genes. It's the C282Y as well as the H63D that you look for. Perfect.
0: So this brings us to the complications of. Uh,
1: actually, before we talk about, it, let's talk
0: about treatment. Is can we treat this condition?
1: I'm thinking if you can try and get rid of the uh, the blood, uh, yeah. the the iron, then we should be able to treat it. Right? Yeah. So I think venous section is the primary
0: means of treating this condition. It's just letting someone bleed to offload some of that iron because yep. unfortunately blood loss is the quickest yep. way of losing iron. Yeah. Um. You can also give iron chelating, but it's not really commonly done because mm. you know this is a chronic condition, so there's yep. no point chelating someone forever. Yeah. So being a section is the primary. Mm. mechanism of treatment, mm. what happens, you know, if someone has this long-term, you know, condition? What are some of the complications? There's
1: one that is really important, I think, that we need to mention because okay. we alluded to before the DNA damage. So, I think you're talking about the hepatocellular carcinomas, yeah. the HCCs. Since this thing happens mostly in the liver and the liver cells are the ones uh, that get damaged from the radical, hepati- uh, sorry, the radical oxyg- oxygen species, then that's where the cancers might originate. I'm not saying that it couldn't happen elsewhere, but I think logically the, the hepatocytes would be where it, yeah, where it starts. Yeah,
0: <laughs> and I think it can increase the risk of hepatocellular calcium for at least 200 times. So it's a massive Two, risk of times. Uh, hepatocellular cancer. Yeah, I think, Andy, that's pretty much all we should really need to talk about we yep. talked about you know some basic iron physiology we talked about the causes of hemochromatosis primary versus secondary and what yep. else did we talk about
1: we talked about the organs that it affects liver pancreas heart skin joints testicles and then we also talked about what it would present as and also how to diagnose it right? pretty much and yep. the treatment as well so that's it for yep. today guys so i think if if i was going to leave you guys with one thing i would say don't Go and take iron tablets for no reason. Exactly. Don't be on chronic iron tablets. It doesn't help with your fatigue. Something else no, needs to be. Exactly. I think that's just a marketing ploy. That's right.
0: All right, guys. Thank you so much for your time, and we'll catch up with you um, in our next podcast session. Thank
1: Bye. You. Hi, everyone. Thank you for listening to our Common Rounds podcast. You can find all of our episodes, notes, elective experiences, and much more content on our website. So come visit us at thecommonrounds.wordpress.com. And see you next time.